Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 3. We're continuing through uh, Joel. And I'm excited when we're done with Joel. I think we'll finish Joel next week. Um, and then when we're done with Joel, we're going to go into a sermon series called Stories I Heard as a Child. And we're going to look through popular Bible stories and walk through those as well. I grew up in church and I've heard Bible stories my entire life. And uh, I recently had someone say, hey, would you consider preaching on those Bible stories? Because I didn't grow up in church. And uh, I thought that was a great idea. So we'll start that once we're done with the book of Joel here in the afternoon services and uh, go through some of the uh, what, what I would consider to be familiar Bible stories, but may not be to everybody. And so we'll go through those. That'll take us a while uh, on, in the afternoons to go through those things as well. Uh, I'm just going to preach till the rain stops, and then we'll call it a day, okay? Um, unless it stops like now, then no, never mind. <laughs> Joel chapter 3. We're going to look at the first 17 verses here in Joel chapter 3. And uh, that'll lead us up to the conclusion of Joel next week uh, there as well. Verse 1 says, For behold, in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land." And they have uh, cast lots for my people, and have given a boy for an harlot, uh, and sold a girl for wine uh, that they might drink. So we're going to look at God talking about the enemies of God and how He's going to take care of His people as well. This is going to have a very um, uh, um, Armageddon feel to it. Uh, this seems very prophetic in this passage, and I think the whole book of Joel to some degree is. Um, as well, but this this passage really, to me, looks very similar to what, what we're expecting of the end times to look like. So let's pray and ask for the Lord's help. God, thank you for letting us come back this afternoon. Thank you for the refreshment of the rain. Thank you for the dryness of this building. I pray that you'd help us now as we look at this uh, these verses, that we'd learn and be encouraged by it, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We see here in the first verse, really, redemption of God, talking about His people. The, uh, it says, uh, for in those days and in that time when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. The captivity or the punishment uh, was temporary. And, and God has always returned His people from out of that, that judgment and, uh, and brought back that, that redemption story that we read oftentimes about, especially in the Old Testament, but it was also a New Testament truth too. The redemption of, the, of His people, bringing them back. And then He really goes into the armies or into the enemies uh, there as well. And like I said, this is really where it starts to look like Armageddon in verse number 2. He says, all nations, I'm going to gather everybody. I'll gather all nations and we'll bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and we'll plead with them uh, there for my people and for my heritage, whom they have scattered uh, among the nations and parted my land. He talks about... In verse 3, so verse 2 is the scattering. In verse 3, there's the selling. And even the scorn that goes on where they've cast lots for my people. Uh, they've given a boy for an harlot and sold a girl for wine that they might drink. They just, they just greatly mistreated uh, God's people. There was a very much a, a very wicked um, and a very hurtful manner towards God's people. He says in verse number 4, uh, not just the enemies, but also those who were just unhelpful. He says, Yea, and what have ye to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, uh, and all the coast of Palestine? Will ye render me a recompense? 
And if uh, ye recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your head. These are the neighbors of God's people. And when the enemies came and attacked, they didn't help. Uh, they didn't, they didn't uh, stand for God's people. They didn't protect God's people. And so God says, uh, the return uh, uh, for your unhelpfulness is going to be speedily um, upon your head. You're going to pay a price. You're going to suffer a consequence. I find encouragement in Scripture when God speaks to those, not just who attack His people, uh, but to those that don't help His people. Because I look around and realize that I am so protected by God. Now, I'm not Jewish, so uh, we're talking about the Jews may not fit into that category. But when you talk about God's people and God's children and God's protection and provision for His, his children, it's not just that He um, will, will repay the evil that's done to you, but He's also saying those people who could have helped and didn't help, those people are going to pay a price also. And it makes me think about how helpful am I? <laughs> I mean, I'm one of God's children, uh, but, but how helpful am I? How does God view someone who has the ability to help? It was the Bible say, to him who knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. How does God view it when you have the opportunity to do right by someone and you don't do it? When you have the opportunity to help somebody, you don't do it. When you know this would be good to do and you choose not to do it. Um, it just it makes me kind of stop in my tracks and think for a minute. Uh, verse number 5, he says, you stole, you stole from me because you have taken my silver and my gold and have carried into your temples my goodly pleasant things. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have you sold unto the Grecians that ye might remove them far from their border. And they, they took the people and they got them their minds as far away as possible. Get them away from their land, get them away from what they know, get them, get them gone completely. Then if we scatter them that way, they can never come back together. Uh, we just get them so spread out, so far away that they can't be brought back together. But look in verse 7. Behold, God speaking, I will raise them out of the place whither ye have sold them and will return your recompense upon your own head. And I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the children of Judah, and they shall sell them of the Sabians uh, to a people far off, for the Lord hath spoken it. Vengeance is God's. And he says, what you have done, how you have, have draw, spread my people out, scattered them abroad, I'm going to bring them back, and then I'm going to make, uh, do to you what you did to them. And I'm going to spread you out. And I, Now listen, this is interesting because Wednesday night when we get into psalm, we're going to get into a very vengeful psalm. And we're sitting here looking at God's vengeance here in Joel's. Well, I don't, as I was preparing for it, uh, this week, I thought, this is really interesting. Vengeance on Sunday night, vengeance on Wednesday night. What can we do Monday and Tuesday? Um, and, uh, but he says here, we're, I'm going to return it to you. And verses 9, really through verse 16, 17, 15, somewhere in that range, has this idea of God saying, do your best, but I'm going to win. You can, you can gather as many armies as you want. You can do as many things with weapons as you want. You can prepare as much as you want, but I'm going to win. I love that about this passage. Verse number 9, Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come all ye heathen and gather yourselves together round about 
Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, and for the press is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. You see just the, um, the pictures that God is, is putting into place here. He says in verse 14, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion, and utter His voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of His people, and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion. My holy mountain, then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. You see this preparation uh, taking place here, this this uh, um, attack that's going to take place. Again, you see where it, it just has so much similarities to the end times, to the Battle of Armageddon, where God is going to gather everyone together. All the, all the armies of the world will gather against God, and God alone will defeat them. We'll be there as witness, but we're not going to have to swing a sword. And the Bible draws it out in Revelation of the bloody battle that takes place, uh, blood rising up to the horse's bridle, and just the utter destruction that goes into the place. No matter how strong of an army you have, you cannot defeat God. Verse 14 again says, Multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near. He talks about the sun and the moon darkening, the stars disappearing, which are all their shining. But then in verse 16, I love the phrase, it says in the middle of the verse, but the Lord will be the hope of His people. Not armies, not kings, not anything else but God. The hope of His people and the strength of, his, of the children and he says in verse 17, so shall ye know. I've highlighted those two words, ye know, that I am the Lord your God. So many times throughout Scripture we see God saying this, and, and it's, this is going to happen, and when it does, you will have no doubt that I am God. And I find it interesting because I feel like there are so many things already in this world that we can look at and go, man, there is no doubt in my mind that there's a God. And honestly, it's kind of terrifying to think of God saying, when I'm through with this, you will know. He's saying that to his enemies uh, here. The, everyone's going to know it, not just his enemies. God's people will know it. Uh, everyone will see it. Uh, he's talking about the restoration of the land. Uh, then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall no strangers pass through her anymore. Uh, we just see this idea, but those, that, that word, the phrase, so shall ye know that I am the Lord your God. It's, a, um, it's an emboldening. It is a comfort. It is an encouragement. It is motivating for the, the one who is on God's side to know that the day is coming where there will leave no doubt of who God is. And like I said, I think it should be terrifying to those who doubt. Uh, to those who, who will sit there and go, well, you know, I, I believe there's a higher power, but the God that you speak of, I don't believe in that. 
And it does. It makes me think, and I think, my goodness, if, if, I, can't, if I can't share the gospel with them enough, if I can't uh, let them know how much God loves them, if I can't let them know how serious sin is, there's going to come a day where there, there will be no doubt in their minds. And it's sad when you think about friends or loved ones that are rejecting God. Uh, you know, we sometimes think of the enemies and the, those that we kind of, you know, we're supposed to love, so we do. And, uh, you know, but it'll be kind of nice to see them pay. Interesting, being September 11th, I just remember the feelings that I had uh, towards Osama bin Laden and the fighters that were with him and those that represented him. And I just remember thinking, man, it would just be so great if we could just drop a bunch of bombs and just be done with them. That'd be so cool. God doesn't have to drop bombs, but there's coming a day where wickedness will be defeated. And everyone's going to know who God is. I'm thankful that I, I worship and serve the God who wins. And may it encourage you to do more in the time that we have. Time is short. I don't know how short. Again, you can't, you can't predict Christ's return. Time is short, whether it be your life or whether it be Christ's returns. The end is near. What are you doing about it? You say, well, I got myself in a good spot. Great. What about everybody else? What are you doing to reach other people? Because if we, don't, if we don't share with them and show them from the Bible who God is and what God is in terms of love and salvation, um, there's going to come a day that they're going to find out. And at least the people, especially the people that I know that I love, that's scary. Uh, so we need to be faithful. There, there is a time coming where the Lord will return and no matter how many spears or swords or guns or tanks or anything else that they've got, it won't matter. Because God's going to win. So next week we're going to round out the last four verses of Joel and put the whole book kind of into a uh, nice little bow. And, uh, and we'll wrap it up next week. And uh, Lord will, and start the new series in two weeks um, as well. Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you are victorious, that you've overcome the world. We're thankful that you have already um, defeated Satan. Um, Lord, that you've already gained victory over death and hell. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to uh, claim that victory, but also to go out and, and win uh, continually. Uh, Lord, that we go out and that we would win over Satan and the temptations that he throws at us. That you'd help us to win when it comes to getting over our own fears or laziness or whatever it is to share the gospel with other people. And Lord, we pray that you would allow us to be used to present the gospel and see people saved. And God, I pray that, um, uh, Lord, you would just help us to, to boldly follow you and serve you as you are the ultimate victor. So, Lord, help us this week to be what we ought to be. Keep us safe. Provide for our needs. Lord, protect those that are uh, sick. Uh, Lord, we just pray for your continued blessings. Thank you for the visitor that we had this morning. And, Lord, we pray that you continue to bring new people into the church. Uh, Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. And we, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.